0: In the name of the one holy and undivided Trinity, amen. There was a day that I sat at a stoplight listening to the news and a thought came to me. This is going to take a really long time. When I got home that night, I told my husband to begin buying two of everything at the grocery. Not long after that, he asked me if we should order some extra shelves for the basement. And we began to fill our freezer. Every dystopian novel that I had ever read began to play out in my imagination and I felt so uncertain. I began to focus on things that I at least thought I could control, like groceries and going on really long runs. Nothing had happened, but I knew something was coming. And then on March the 11th, it was a Wednesday, I was sitting in a meeting and my phone began to vibrate so much, it literally leapt out of my pocket. The text message messages and the voicemails were starting. This ambiguous thing that I was anticipating was happening, and it was still a huge surprise. Kentucky's governor had announced that churches would close for two weeks. I don't... Remember, I'm not sure I could name how long it took for me to accept the intensity of the pandemic. In the beginning, there was so much unknown and so many mixed messages. Somehow, though, I knew in my gut that our kids would not finish the school year in person. That Easter of 2020 would look very different from any other Easter I had ever known in my lifetime. That creativity, flexibility, adaptability were going to be these key aspects of my personality, of the church, of the world that would lead us into the future that I needed to start practicing them. And deep in the recesses of my heart and my brain, my gut told me that everything would change. There's a Sunday school curriculum known as Godly Play. It's similar to what we use here at the cathedral, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, In particular, both of those Sunday schools depend on storytelling. Now, in godly play, many of the biblical stories about Israel are set in the desert. For obvious reasons. Israel is, in part, a desert. And so the stories use a desert box. Exactly what you imagine it to be, a very large box, Full of sand. You can imagine how popular it is and how messy. The desert box links these stories across time and space. Abram walked in the desert. The Israelites wandered in the desert. The people of Israel were exiled across the desert. The desert itself is a character in these stories, exposing a spiritual reality. The desert and God's redeeming work are intimately connected. Consider the last few weeks. Jesus' transfiguration brought us close to the silence of the desert. His temptation brings us close to the dangers of the desert. And this week, we come close to the beauty of the desert— this vast expanse of land and space. In each of these stories, God is a very real presence. The desert invites us to listen, to trust, to experience God's activity. We know, we know that life in the desert is not easy. No one goes there of their own accord and god is with us in the desert now the lord makes a seemingly impossible promise to abram or abraham that his ancestors would become a great nation on their own land and despite all the things that tell abram that none of this could possibly ever happen he believes the lord This is his righteousness, his trust. He gives his whole life to this promise. And of course, Abram doubts, even in his belief. I can imagine that he stood in that desert, trying to count the grains of sand in his hand. I can imagine that he stood in the desert and stared at the stars and wondered. I can imagine that there were times that he thought maybe he could make the promise come true, right? Go to war with his neighbors, have children with his slaves, maybe marry several wives. I wonder how often the silence felt empty to Abram. How did he know that in the end, God was close to him, and he was close to God. The last two years, for me, have been a bit like a desert. The church, although not today, thanks be to God, has literally been empty, felt barren. The isolation of quarantine has disrupted all of our normal experiences of community. And the uncertainty of the pandemic has eroded my sense of confidence to plan for the future. I still plan, just has this like, you know, comma, I hope at the end of it. And while I trust that God is with us, I am tempted to depend more on my ability to make it happen than God's vision of how it will happen. And every time that I imagine that we've come to the end, I discover that this reprieve is but an oasis. There is more desert ahead. The realities of our lives can feel stark with war, suffering, injustice, oppression, I sit in silence, listening for God, and seeking God's activity and desire in our lives. And I wonder, how will God keep God's promises? How do we know that God is close to us? Abram stands in the desert and wonders, what next? And God says, let's have a feast gather up all these animals. Where in the world did Abram find all these animals? Perhaps he brought them with him. Maybe this was Abram's intent all along to make a great sacrifice. However he does it, Abram offers these animals such incredible food in a desert. And then he waits. Now, It doesn't tell us how Abram felt, but the story does tell us that Abram falls asleep in a deep and terrifying darkness. I sense that he is afraid and tired. He's done all these things. Where is God? Now, when Abram wakes up, things are different. The carcasses of the animals are miraculously untouched by the vultures. And I often wonder if there was smoke still in the air. Perhaps it felt like a dream. But Abram knows that something has happened. God says, and Abram tells the story, that God has cut the covenant. What is cutting the covenant, you ask? Well, I'd love to tell you. Thank you for asking. Cutting the covenant is this ancient practice where the one making the covenant would walk in the middle, between the animals. Now, this is more than a contract, like you and I might know it. This is a commitment, a guarantee, a pledge of a great undertaking. By fire and word, God comes so close to Abram that God walks among him in this feast. It strengthens the promise that God has already made. It makes an oasis in the desert, this reprieve for Abram. Now we have this story today because Abram told it. And Abram told his children, and his children told their children, and their children told their children, to the point that I wonder, when they were wandering in the desert for 40 years, did they imagine, remember, when God cut the covenant? Or how about when they were crossing the desert in exile, did they say to themselves, remember when God cut the covenant? remember. Remember. As we stand at the two-year anniversary of the pandemic, (laughs) what are the stories that shape us? A lot has happened and keeps happening, and we're more aware than ever of all that divides us, The suffering of our world is palpable. We keep saying we're going to practice the pause. I've yet to practice the pause. We stand in the desert and we wait. Where is our God? Now, throughout the pandemic, I have found an incredible amount of grief and an incredible amount of joy, all woven together. Mourning the loss of the Eucharist, Searching for God in other ways, celebrating the returned in person worship without masks, nonetheless, and remembering those who remain in isolation, grieving our ongoing political, racial, and economic divisions, rejoicing that we are able to come together to serve and minister in our community. Tired. Afraid? Renewed? Hopeful? You see, Abram wants certainty, security. But he's a bit short-sighted, only able to see what he can imagine. And at the end of it all, God's promise still stands. God is with him, very close to him. God is in it, this relationship with Abram, for the long run. God's intent and desires for Abram are much more than Abram can ever imagine. My faith is marked by the reality of doubt. I'm easily distracted by the noise and chaos of my life, having to turn down the radio, turn off the TV, Put away my phone. I am tempted to use my power to gain some level of certainty, maybe depending too much on my own short-sightedness, my imagination that is limited by my humanity. The story of Abram reminds us God is always God. And we never are. Our vision is limited to this life, this moment, this place. And we may wonder what will happen next, or what can we do? And God calls to us and says, let's have a feast. Bring your very best. Maybe This means laying down our fears or doubts or shedding some of what we brought into this desert. Maybe it is an offering of all the divisions that exist among us, our political affiliations, our prejudices, our privileges, whatever they are. In the midst of all these sacrifices, in the midst of this incredible offering, God comes close to us inviting us to trust what we cannot see, to believe promises yet unrealized. For you see, God is with us in every desert, drawing us closer to our redemption. God is God, and we are not. Thanks be to God.